For more information on how you can be challenged for the purpose of change, visit us at patmosreality.com. Welcome back to the Patmos Podcast. I'm here in the studio with Ian Brockway. Hey, guys. Adonis Reeves. How you doing? Zach Patterson. How's it going? And my name is Chet. I think I actually forgot to introduce myself on the last Patmos Podcast. See, so you were officially the last one. Oh Yes, oh. I am the last one. <laughs> Very good. Well, we are continuing our series through the seven churches. We are in Revelation chapter 3, verse 1. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Zach, would you open us in prayer? Father, we pray that you would speak to our hearts. God, as we look into your word, would you expose things in us? Would you um, just bring us to a place of understanding and change? Thank you for your word and your direction and the way that you love us so incredibly. Uh, God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Once again, Jesus introduces himself here in Revelation chapter 3, and he says, He who has the seven spirits of God. So I have the Spirit of God in me, the full Spirit of God, and I have the seven stars. And we know the seven stars, these are the messages. I know what I want to say to you, okay? In other words, I've got the ability and the confidence to be able to communicate to you some things. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you're dead. Hmm. What's he talking about? I know you're alive, but you're dead. You've got a pretense out there that shows you are just filled with life, but I'm looking inside of you and I see something other than life. Yeah, it's hypocrisy. It's someone who's a performer and they want to give off an impression that this is who I am, but inside there's someone who's completely different. Now, who do you think struggles with hypocrisy? Not me. I'll in favor say I. <laughs> I'm going to say everyone. <laughs> All of us. I, I, I don't uh, think any of us are, are what do you call it, excused from that word. Well, yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you, Ian, once in a while. <laughs> you know, it's so true, you guys, but and understand this, this hypocrisy thing, we're going to see in just a moment, there is no encouragement to this church. Mm. There is no encouragement to this, this, you're alive, you look alive to everyone, but you're dead. Jesus deals with it, I mean, intensely in Matthew chapter 23. He goes, look, you guys are whitewashed tombs. You're filled with dead man's bones. This is heavy, this, this sin of hypocrisy. Why do you think, Pastor Chet, that um, it's so prevalent? Because I think we're performers. We want people to... Think believe and think that we're, that we're one we're thing, but we're really not that thing. So you're saying hypocrisy is not so much saying I'm a Christian and sinning. It's more of trying to act like you're not struggling. I think hypocrisy is I want everyone to know that I am a Christian. I'm doing great. And I've got this image of I've got a strong spiritual life, but inside I'm full of corruption. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you said doing great, I, I mean, that's what comes to my mind is. Um, I see in my life and I think I see a lot of people walking around trying to be confident when they're not confident at all. It's like confidence only comes through Christ and a sincerity and relationship with him and accepting who he is and who he's called me to be. And I think a lot of us have settled for something less than that. And yet I still want to appear like I have it all together. And we're not saying to go around and tell everybody all your problems. Right. You're not trying to like a fool. That would be foolish to go around and like tell everyone every little detail of your life. 
but it you, wouldn't hurt. But, but I think you're bringing up a good point. I do think, Ian, that there should be about two or three people in your life that know everything about you. You should be being discipled. It, being discipled and having some kind and form of accountability so that hypocrisy doesn't become something that you know, begins to control your life. And I've got a question for you guys. Why do people play the hypocrite? Why do they want to perform? Because they want to be loved. They want no, to be I know accepted. you're not talking about yourself. No. And I know that you're talking <laughs> well, about your friends. Zach, <laughs> <laughs> Zach struggles with. <laughs> no, okay. but seriously, why do you think people play the hypocrite? I think they want to be accepted. They want to. Mm. Let's try this another way. I want to be accepted. I want to be loved. <laughs> I, I want to be able to show forth fruit for the years of trying to walk and experience God in a personal way. And it's like, how, how do you do that? How do you, I don't know. All right, so I don't want to reveal myself. I don't want to show myself to be really who I am because I want to be accepted. I want people to embrace me. And I, I do think that's one of the big reasons of hypocrisy. That's why we can't be transparent because we're afraid that if we're transparent, that we're not going to be accepted, that people are going to think something's wrong with us. But I think that brings up another one, insecurity. I think insecurity is another reason why people, uh, not me, of course. No, <laughs> I'll be real. I struggle with that. Like, I love to seem perfect. And whenever I'm not, whenever I mess up, whenever I do something wrong, I go straight into condemnation. And that's what that does. Like, you're making yourself almost like, like you expect yourself to be Jesus or you expect yourself to be perfect when Jesus doesn't expect that from us. He just expects us to have a heart to change, you know? Mm -hmm. And sometimes I put that expectation on myself and I find myself putting that expectation on others sometimes. And whenever I mess up, it's like it's the end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think what we want to do is protect ourselves. So we'll, we actually will start believing the words that we're saying. In other words, We'll actually start thinking, oh, I am this person I'm talking about, but we know what's in the depths of our hearts. What are some other reasons people play the hypocrite? I think they fear being judged, you know, what other people will think of them. The real them. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I for agree sure. I, I mean, I want to be respected. So if I'm the real me, then it's not going to lead to respect because I know who the real me is. So I'm more concerned about position and power and people's perspective, then really I am in fear of God. Mm, right. You know, sure. I'm more concerned about, uh, I'm, I'm afraid of man. That's yeah. what it boils down to. One of the questions that I just love, Pastor Chet, that um, you asked all of us during our Patmos term was, who are you? No, really. <laughs> who are you? And it brings you to that point of stripping off the hypocrisy, stripping off the, the falseness and getting to the sincerity of, who are you? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, I really believe that Jesus wants us to walk in spiritual life. That's why I think this exhortation is coming. Because I know that he knows that in when we walk in spiritual life, there's life and there's peace. That's what Paul said in Romans, that the spiritual mind is life and peace. But the carnal mind, it leads to death. So I think this exhortation, what he says here in verse 2, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are, are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. There's no common commendation here to this church, but what he says to them, he goes, look, you've got some things that are in you that are holy. Mm -hmm. Those things need to be strengthened. Those things need to be built up. In other words, I'm yeah. not throwing you out. Yeah, I, I love that because it, it gives this picture of 
it's not hopeless, no matter what position you find yourself Jesus in. Jesus never gives that picture for us. Yep. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's like, here, here's your piece of hope. Strengthen the things that remain. Absolutely. Right. And he gives us instruction. Be watchful. For me, that says, I need to be in prayer. I need Absolutely. to be on my face. <laughs> be watchful. You know, I see David when he goes to God in prayer. He gets exposed in his own hypocrisy and he doesn't even realize it. You know, he's kind of like, go get him, God. Go kill him, God. I'm all on my own here. And then he like turns into bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, you know, there's this heart issue that's happening in him that he doesn't understand what God's doing in his life. Yeah. And he wants to, he's got this image about him of this strong warrior. But yet you see in this prayer life that he's struggling. You know, yeah. there are things that are going on in his heart and life that he's pouring out to the Lord. And then God begins to mold and shape that perspective to make it pure and upright. Yeah. I love that you said, you know, that we need to be watchful in our prayers. Isn't it so interesting, though, how the very transparency that we desire in relationship or we desire we in people, give we withhold it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I believe, too, that that's a tactic of the enemy. Why do we think we can hold hidden? it from God? Gosh, I don't know, man. He, say, <laughs> <laughs> he says, I know your works. I know once again, he's communicating, why are you hiding from me? But take a look what he says. Remember, therefore, how you've received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. Listen, he's giving us the way out. Mm. We don't have to remain the hypocrite. And it's one word, repent. Yes, and remember. You know, does it seem too simple? Repentance? Yeah. I mean, if you confess with your mouth, okay, and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. If you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So it just seems like coming into faith is so simple and being forgiven in faith is so simple. Yeah. I think everything, at least for me, I want to be able to um, fix my sin. I want to be able to do something to... Make it right to like I wronged someone. I need to pay for it. Yeah, it's it's the way of the world, though. It is. It's the same thing. Like there's two ways to be saved. There's you saved by the grace of God, or you're saved by your own achievements, and that's what it comes down to. And whenever we don't know the word, when we don't understand the grace of God, because it is simple, but our salvation is simple. We just have to believe unto Jesus and admit that He is God and live that life. But whenever we don't understand the word, we don't understand um, what we're supposed to do. We go back to what our tendencies are, our flesh. We go back to the way of the world. Mm -hmm. And I like the one word that you said, Ian, believe, because it really is a faith. I have to believe that with the confession of my mouth, when my heart is truly confessing sin in my life, like hypocrisy, that God is going to forgive me. Because what the enemy is going to do, like what we talked about in the last podcast, he's Mm going to bring condemnation. And so I've got to have the faith to believe that in this simplicity of our faith, with that confession from my heart, that Jesus really has forgiven me. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. It's yet so simple, but like literally moves mountains. Well, I love the fact that even my young son can repent. That's how simple it is. He doesn't know doctrine. He doesn't know. All he knows is, Dad, I'm sorry. Now, my response, I forgive you. He doesn't deserve it. He doesn't earn it. There's nothing he's going to do. We just go right back into right relationship because he came to me and confessed that he was wrong. And it's stronger than ever when that happens. Absolutely. And I think the same thing happens with our faith in Christ. And what 
what age did you say that happens at? Because my <laughs> young son has not yet learned that. He, he hasn't come back to sorry yet. He's not repenting for anything. Folly <laughs> is bound up in the heart of a child, brother. Oh, not Simeon. He's perfect. Yeah, little, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I went camping with Simeon's son. <laughs> I looked at him and said, Simeon, don't do that. No. Oh. <laughs> That's his answer for everything. No. No. Oh, so listen man. to this. It's Titus 2.11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for him, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sin. And this is the key, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify mm. for himself his own special people, zealous for good, for good works. Mm. Absolutely. That's his goal, is redemption. Now take a look at his tactic. He says, I'm going to come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. You see, his goal is to get us back to him. Remember, he's writing to the church. Yeah. And so he's going to come upon us in a way that surprises us because he's got to get our attention. Now, that's happened to me some, several times. Mm, some, me too. Several times. I, I remember one time I was teaching. And I'm out, I'm communicating something, but I knew my heart wasn't there. And it was like, I gurgled. Like I was like, <laughs> you know, it all like got stopped within me. And the spirit was like, if you continue with this, I'm going to stop you from being able to speak. And so I'm like uh. repenting as I'm talking, Lord <laughs> Jesus, you know, forgive me. I don't want to be that person. And I got to be honest with you, that grace yes. of him not stopping me from being able to speak, it changed me. I never went back to that thing that I was struggling with. Yeah, it's such his grace. It's like, do we have relationship with him enough to see those thief visits as grace-filled or condemning? Absolutely. But we got to be careful that we don't condemn the church with this. Because I've heard one too many times from young people that I don't go to church because it's filled with hypocrites. And take a look at this next verse because it deals with this. You have a few names even in Sardis who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. The whole church is not filled with hypocrites. There is someone in the church that is not choose, that is choosing not to be a hypocrite. And we can't use the excuse of, I'm not going to go to church because the whole church is filled with hypocrites. That's hypocritical in and of itself, yeah. if you think about it. Mm-hmm. I think it boils down to trust. Just do we trust the Lord and leading us and directing us, but do we trust the people with our hearts? You know. I what think- do you mean, Adonis? Like, tr- trust them with your hearts. Like, are you talking about I'm going to be transparent with somebody because, you know, I don't want to be a hypocrite, or I'm going to yeah. go to church because even though it's filled with hypocrites, I'm one too, and I need to change, and maybe I'll help other people change. Like, yes, get- yes, and yes. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a there's an avenue of. Um, of not wanting to go to church because all everyone's hypocrites to trust that. Well, I know that everyone is human, but God may have something for me in the midst of this message, in the midst of my time there, in the midst of worship. Mm-hmm. There's an avenue of trust, but then there is also an avenue of trusting someone else with your hypocrisy. Well, I think this verse eradicates the excuse of I can't go to church because it's filled with hypocrites. God always has his remnant. Yeah, and I was talking to someone yesterday, and it's funny that this got brought up, and they were talking about how they kind of shied away from the church for a while because they went and sought out counsel, Mm -hmm. and because there was no relationship, and she didn't say this, but there was no relationship, the the person actually shied away from the church, and what I was telling her, I was like, you have to trust the person's intentions, 
You know, you have to trust the person. Like, if you're going to open up and be vulnerable, the, whether the truth whether the truth comes out or not, whatever they say, you have to evaluate. Mm-hmm. You know, and whether it comes from Satan or it comes from God, the truth's the truth, and you gotta you gotta deal with it appropriately. But just like being like what Adonis said, like trusting someone. Like sometimes people may be hypocrites because they're afraid. They don't they don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want to trust someone with their um, their deep thoughts or their struggles. You know. Well, and I'll tell you, Ian, you can watch and observe people's character. You will know them by their fruits, Jesus said. Yes. So I'm going to be able to see by the fruit of someone's life if they're a hypocrite or not. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll look for transparency. I'm going to look for character. I'm going to see how they are with their wife and with their children. I'm going to watch and observe, and that's the person that I'm going to go to and say, you know what, I need some help, and I'd like for you to help me. And I personally have surrounded myself with a few men that, I know and I trust that will be able to help me grow in this area of faith. I don't want to be a hypocrite, you guys. I want to be genuine and I want to be I want to be truthful because Jesus, excuse me, not Jesus. Um, take that away, Jerry. Uh, in the Psalms, David writes, "You require truth in the inward parts." Yeah. I want to be truthful in the inward part of who I am. I don't want to play the hypocrite. Yeah, and I think you you nailed it, Pastor Chet, talking about this, the importance of searching out those people, but also being transparent and open with them. Verse 5, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He was near to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I love this about Jesus. You guys, there's a chance. You can change. You can overcome. He who overcomes. Remember how he started this. I have the seven spirits. Remember how he started this. I have the message. Mm -hmm. And if we choose to rely on the spirit of God and the message of God, then we can overcome this hypocrisy. We don't have to play the hypocrite. Amen. He gives us so much hope. Even in the midst of the dead church, there's hope and there's life. And that ministers to me. That that tells me that I don't have to be a hypocrite. I have a choice. Well, remember what Paul wrote the church. He says, and you he made alive. Yes. He took us from the depth of our deadness and trespasses of sin, and he chose to make us alive. You know, we can, we can truly change. Hey, Pastor Chuck, could you tell me a little bit about this book of life? All right. Well, let's take a look at it. I will not <laughs> blot out his name. From- <laughs> <laughs> I hate when we get cheesy. Why you say book of life like that? that's what it is. The book of life. PC, what, tell us a, a little bit about the book of life. What What is that? Okay. Well, it's the people that God chose. <laughs> God knows who he chose, Adonis. Okay, that's right. Well, uh, that was easy. <laughs> God knows who he chose. Yeah. Um, let's take a look at this. Uh, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. You know, Peter tells us that we are elect according to the foreknowledge of God. And God has knit everyone in their mother's womb. He knows everyone's name. He knows every person Mm -hmm. that has ever lived on the face of the planet. This book of life, he knows everyone's name long before. And if you think about it for just a moment, the eternal nature of God and how he planned everyone's life for an eternity. That is crazy. If you think even more so, all the days that were uh, ordained for me were written before one came to be. Mm. God's foreknowledge is eternal. It has no beginning and it has no end. And then we have a Lamb's Book of Life. These are the names that are written 
of those that would receive Jesus as their Savior and Lord. Now, for our Old Testament saints, their faith was credited to them as righteousness, as we talk about Abraham, and they chose to walk in this faith that God had ordained. Now, for us, we choose to receive Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, and our name is written in that Lamb's Book of Life, confessed before the Father. Awesome. So there are two books, the Book of Life and the Lamb's Book of Life. There seems to be an indication of Scripture that there are these two books, one a Book of Life, and then the next one's entitled the Lamb's Book of Life. Got it. Well, what's our challenge today? We're talking a lot about hypocrisy, and it's something that everybody struggles with, that internal thing that wants to perform so that everyone could see something than who we really are inside. And let's just real quickly point out some practical points. How can we deal with this hypocrisy? I think we said earlier, we need to find someone that we can be transparent with. Yeah. What's another opportunity for us to deal with this hypocrisy? Adonis pointed out, be watchful. So pray. Okay. Pray that the Lord would deliver you from this hypocrisy. Find ourselves going into our secret place and allowing these wonderful fiery eyes of Jesus to deal with this issue in our heart and life. What's another practical thing we can do um, in regards to dealing with hypocrisy? I think being able to know um, what scripture says about us. And even as you just read in verse five, that that we can be and are overcomers. Mm. And There's so hope for knowing, us. Yeah. There's hope for us. We always, you guys, I don't know about you, but I am my biggest wrestle. Mm. What goes on inside of me and the war that I have to fight between my flesh and my spirit, having the hope that Jesus says there's hope for me, I can be an overcomer, that helps. Yeah. That really helps. Well, you guys, uh, thank you very much for joining us on the Patmos Podcast. I pray that your challenge will be to deal with the hypocrisy. We've given you a few practical steps, and our hope for you is that you'll be challenged to change. God bless you guys. Until next time. Thank you for your support and generous donations. And if you feel led to invest and give, you can do so at patmosreality.com forward slash give.